0: Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Okay, well, great to see everybody this morning. But if I have not yet had the chance to meet you, uh, my name is Samuel. And honestly, Beck and I just have the absolute honor and privilege of serving you guys here at Life West. It is so much fun. Um, I do want to mention two things. Number one is Jason mentioned baptisms, and that's in two weeks. But what I want to mention about that is this, is if you have not been baptized since you believed, let me encourage you to do that in two weeks. And here's what I mean by that. Baptism is a sign for a believer. So if you were baptized as a child, I think that's wonderful that your parents wanted to dedicate you to God and, and took that step. But what we see over and over in Scripture is something that we refer to as believer's baptism, that it's something that when after you make that decision to follow Christ, then you go public with that and you get water baptized. So let me encourage you, it's in two weeks, you can sign up online, let us know so that we can figure out about how many of you there will be, the website, lifewest.church. And then the next one is this, is next week is Easter. And now you are here, so I'm going to assume you know what Easter is. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And it's a very Christian thing, Easter. Absolutely, it's Jesus, it's Bible. But here's the thing that most people don't grasp when it comes to Easter, and that's this. If you invite people who are far from God, Easter is like the best chance you'll get of them saying yes. And it doesn't make sense because you're like, well, wait a second. It's like, it's about Jesus. You're absolutely right. But yet at the same time, you have a great, great opportunity. We have a huge opportunity when it comes to Easter to invite. We'll be having two services next week, so 9 and 11. And I actually, Becca was sharing with me a story from this, this last week, she said, you know, you'd mentioned inviting people to Easter and somebody left and said, well, I know that my family member will say no. They always say no. But I'll go ahead and do it and I'll invite them. And so they invited them and they're like, you're not going to believe this. They're coming. They, I, knew that they w- I knew that they would say no. They're coming. Um, so let me just encourage you. Maybe you've asked a thousand times and all it takes is a thousand and one. Be the one. Be the one more time. And you're like, you know what? I'm I'm going to ask. 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 Go ahead. Invite. It can make a difference. All right. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings. Turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. And what we're going to do is we're going to read a a little hunk of scripture here, and then we're going to look at how this applies. To you and me, to us as a church, as the body of Christ, what does this mean and what are some lessons that we can gather from this? So 2 Kings chapter 4, if you've got a paper Bible, your digital Bible, whatever you've got. All right, and it says this, it says, "'The wife of a man from the company of prophets cried out to Elisha, "'Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two sons as his slaves.'" I'm glad we don't do that anymore. But that's what they did. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all, she replied, except a small jar of olive oil. And Elisha said, Go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars, and don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you. Pour oil into the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. So she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought her jars, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. And then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons may live on what is left. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. It is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God, we know that it is living and active. And so, God, we want to hear from you this morning. God, we thank you for your word. We believe what it says, that we can do what it says we can do, that we have what it says that we have, and that we are what your word says that we are. God, we just thank you for what you're doing in and through us. In Jesus' name. And all together we said, amen, amen. amen. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take three lessons from this. Three lessons, three things that we can skip, that we can miss, but that we need to be doing. And number one is right, right what we read there. We start off verse one, she's in trouble. This widow is in trouble. She's like, hey, this is not working. What am I supposed to do? It's like her husband was one of the prophets and she's like, okay, he's gone and I've just got a mess. I've, 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 I've got a huge mess. I do not know what to do. So she goes to Elisha, And she's like, I I need help. And this is what he says. And I find this really interesting, but this is verse 2. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Now, she's already laid this out that they're going to come and take my sons because I can't pay the debt. And Elisha's answer is, well, what do you have in your house? Like, when you and I just read this, it's easy to be like, okay, and, and especially because we know what's going to happen, but if you're just sitting there, and you go, and you're like, and, and for me, I just picture me like asking my brother. He's the only one I ever really had to ask for money. I went to college. I was, he, he was my, my roommate, and there was a couple times where I was like, hey, I'm a little short on rent, and he's like, oh, I can help you. He was, just, you know, he was just like, oh, I didn't like it. I hated it. Man, did I ever hate that. But anyways, but are you going to ask somebody and you need help? And I can just picture my older brother, because he was my older brother, but I can just picture him being like, well, what did you do with the money and why can't you pay and what? And that's almost what it sounds like from Elisha where he's like, well, what do you have in your house? And I can just picture her being like, because if it was me, I'd be like, you don't think I've checked the house? And I was like, oh, no, I've got my prize mountain bike, but take my kids, like, please. <laughs> like, no. I don't have anything there. I've I've done everything. It's at the point where they're going to take my kids. But this is what Elisha does. And what he says is, what do you have in your house? And her answer is like, nothing. And I think, I'm I'm reading into this, I know, but I think she was a bit like, you've got to be kidding me. I have nothing in my house except a little bit of oil. And this is where we get the first thing that we need. Because here's the deal. Have you ever been in that point where you're like, I'm in trouble and I do not have what it takes to fix this problem. You're like, I, I, I can't do it. I don't have the finances, I don't have the time or the, or the resources or the ability or the knowledge. Like, I do not have what it takes to get out of the mess that I'm in, that's where she is. Spiritually, naturally, whatever, that is where she is. And what she assumes is, what I need is something that I don't have. That that would solve the problem. What I need is somebody to swoop in. I need a superhero just to kind of come in here and start writing some checks. Like, come on, anybody needs some of those superheroes, some check-writing superheroes? That would be great, absolutely. There, there could be that. What, what I need is I need a new job. That's what I need. What I really need is I need a new husband. Man, that would solve the problem. Not me. I like, I like Becca and I'm good. That's just, but just as an illustration, if you were a woman and you were... Never mind. Let's just, let's just keep going. <laughs> but you, just, you look and you say, well, what I need is what I don't have. And that was her. Because she says about what she has, I have nothing. I have nothing. Now, we look at this situation and we can see And we see the picture is she has nothing at home but some oil. That's it. But how often do we assume that what we need is we need somebody to come in and fix the problem. We need something we do do not have. And that's the mistake that she made. The mistake she made was the problem can only be solved from outside. So here's the lesson number one. Lesson number one is this. Never Underestimate what God can do with anything that you give Him. She underestimated it. She's like, I've got some oil, but I know that that's not enough. And she's right. But what happens when you give it to God? What happens when you give it to God? Never underestimate what God can do with anything and everything that you give Him. There's another story, another account in the Bible of Jesus, and He's standing in front of, and the Bible says that there's 5,000 men plus women and children. And and the disciples are like, send them away so that they can get some food. And Jesus is like, no, we're not sending them away. The disciples are like, do you know how much money it would cost to feed all these people? The Bible doesn't say that they didn't have the money. It just says that they're like, do you know how much this is going to be? This is going to be really expensive. And then one of the disciples is like, well, there's this boy with some loaves and a couple of fish, but his lunch isn't going to do. How much could, could, could this really do for all these people? And Jesus is like, perfect. Have them sit down in groups. And he took what wasn't enough prayed for it, multiplied it, and the Bible says they fed everybody. And when they were done, they picked up 12 baskets full of leftovers. What wasn't enough became enough. Never underestimate what God can do with anything that you give Him. You know, our mission here at Life Church is we want to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. We say this all the time. You are not just like waiting to die. You don't get saved, it's like, okay, free get into heaven card, and now I'm just waiting till I die, and I just try to like not do some bad things from now until then. That doesn't sound like fun to anybody. Like, no, I don't, do not sign me up for that. No. Jesus says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest, and you are made to make a difference today. And you might look and think, well, what am I going to do and what do I have to give? Let me just tell you, if you give it to God, it can do great things. He can do amazing things. And you're like, well, I don't have anything. And God's like, yes, you do. You have time. You have talent. You might look and say, well, I don't have money. God's like, yes, you do. You don't have time, and God's like, yes, you do. You look at what you have, and you think, it's not enough. And God's like, with me, it can be. Give it to me, and it can be. Never underestimate what God can do with anything, anything that we give him. Never underestimate it. And the next thing is this. As we keep reading 2 Kings 4 verse 3, Elisha said to her, Go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars and don't ask for a few. Now, this, this is the setup. I think so often we miss it. I think it's the easiest thing to miss. Now, you and I, we're not missing it because we already read this together and we know exactly what's going to happen. We already, we already read it. But the thing. That's about to happen. A a miracle is about to happen, but the setup for this is absolutely dull. It's boring. There's nothing amazing. It's not sparkling. It's not shining. It's not glittery. It's just go around and ask for jars and don't get a few. He didn't even give her a number. He wasn't like, you probably need a hundred or a hundred and fifty. He didn't ask like, well, how much do you owe? Because based on how much you owe, then I'll tell you how much to get. He didn't even say any of that. I think those would have been really good questions. Yeah. Like that, that's where I would be like, well, how much do you owe? Okay, I can't solve that with my wallet. Okay, hold on a second. Well, let me think. No, 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 no. But the setup here, here's what, here's what the setup is. The setup is she needs to be obedient. It's just go and do it. It's not fancy. An amazing miracle is about to happen, but the setup is just so simple. Go and get a bunch of jars. So she sends her sons out, and that's what they do. And they go get a bunch of jars. And they get some. It's a little baby. Okay, there we go. That's better. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I couldn't keep going. just couldn't do it. So she goes out and she gets it. There's nothing special about the jars. There's nothing, there's, just, just go get some jars. And I'm guessing she got an awful lot of jars and probably a lot larger jars. We don't really know exactly. But the setup was just simple and it's this, it's obey. It's, it's just obey. And then he says, "Then go inside, shut the doors, you and your sons." I love that he says, "Shut the doors." He's like, "This isn't this isn't for show. This is for you." Then go inside, shut the doors behind you, you and your sons, and pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. The setup is just it's just be obedient. It's not what most of us want it to be. Most of us want it to be like an angel shows up. And is like, you need to go over here and do that. And we're like, okay, I will. It's, it's just, it's, it's simple. It's simple. It's not complex. And usually it's things that we could just miss over. We, we, we could just skip right by. I had lunch with someone this week and, and he's sharing with me and he's like, um, he's like, Life West has been just amazing for my family and I. I said, really? Because I, I kind of come in, I see him, I say hi sometimes. That's, that's, that's you know, and, and we share, and, and it's like, okay. I'm like, well, why? What has what, what it meant to you guys, and what's that been? And he's like, well, when I started the j- my, my job and things, and I was really like, I don't know what to do, and there was a lot of confusion around my job and the things that they were going to make me do, and is that going to line up with my faith? And like, what's all of this? And he's like, Man, he's like, one morning in particular, I just woke up and was like, I do, how am I supposed to deal with all of this? And he's like, and, and somebody, a guy from church, just sent me this whole text. It wasn't me. It was somebody in here. It was just somebody in this room that just sent him a text and was like, hey, I'm praying for you and you've got this and so excited for it. And he goes, it just encouraged me. He goes, it was exactly what I needed. It confirmed some things that God had been speaking to him. It was simple. It was super simple. It wasn't complex. It was just simple. So here's what the setup is. That setup is obedience. It's just, okay, if this is what God says I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. And often it doesn't start off as glamorous. It's just a bunch of pots and things that you gather. It's going around knocking on neighbors' doors and being like, hi, can I borrow something? Again, it's me. You know? Or, hi, nice to meet you. You've never met me before, but I live right next door, and um, can I... It's, it's not spectacular, but it's just, it's being obedient. It's being obedient. You know, I, when, I, when I look at some of the people who've had the most, the biggest impact in my life, one of them is a man, Keith. And, and, and Keith, when I was in high school, um, just started volunteering in high school. He just came in. And, and he would just pick up trash and say hi to people. But he was just there week in and week out. And so I started talking to him, like, hey, how's it going? And, you know, and he's like, oh, I'm just, just, just here hanging out. And I'm like, okay. And he was there as often as I was, which was a lot. I'm like, wow. And then he said, hey, I'm doing a small group. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, you should come. And I'm like, well, all right. And he opened up his home, and we did... We played something called Polish ping pong. And it's, it's ping pong where you break things is the short, <laughs> the short version of it. And we played it in the back room, but you would end up flying over and you have to jump over things. And we dented his drywall over and over. He ended up putting up some wood over top of the drywall, but we'd go over there and we'd hang out. He'd share and we'd play Polish ping pong and break something. That's really the short version of it. But then when, when I had some questions and I'm like, hey, these are the, what my parents are saying, guess who I went to? I went to somebody who was just in my life. It wasn't fancy, but I was just like, hey, what do you think of? And he's like, your parents are right. And I'm like, dog. He was just there. He was just there. I, we'd been, we hadn't been married a year. And I'm like, this isn't exactly what I thought. It was probably a little over a year. I'm like, this is a little different. And I'm, and I'm like, hey, Keith, let's go mountain biking. So I call him up and we go riding. And we stopped about halfway through a trail. And he's like, why did you really call me? Because I hadn't talked to him a whole lot. And I'm like, I got some questions. And he's like, you're wrong, you're wrong. She's right, she's right. Here's what you need to do. Here's da, da 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 And I'm like, oh okay. The setup wasn't anything more than him just being like, I'm, I'm just going to go serve. I'm going to give what I have and we're going to watch what God does with it. Another, another guy that has had a huge impact in my life, is, is his name is Tom. And man, Tom is just amazing. That's just the only way I know how to put it. And he genuinely loves people more than anybody I know. He just likes people. And even like unlikable people, he likes them. You're like, I don't know if you should like him. He still does. He just, he just likes them. But I, 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 I watch him and I've watched him for so long where he was just faithful at church. He just shows up and serves and loves on people. And We got an opportunity to kind of get to know him a little bit outside of church and he was always just like, well, what can I do? Just just always there to help. And Remember I went to him one time. Why? Because I look at him and I got to see his marriage and family, and I'm like, it looks like you're doing it right, and you're serving God. And so I finally went to him. I was like, hey, I had some questions. I said, you know, we're having kids, and there's some big changes, and what, what do I need to be doing? And I think this is... And he's like, well, here's what we need to do. Number one is we need to pray. And This is what we're going gonna... to... He's still in my life, and at random, I just call the guy up. I'm like, can I take you to lunch? And he never lets me pay. He's the most generous guy I know. And you want to know what the setup was? He's just just faithful. You just see this guy walking around, loving his wife, being awesome, and loving people. And you're like, man, I want to be like that. Man, I'd love to be like that. But it's not... I think so often we think, well, what I have isn't enough, and if God really wanted it, there'd be some some sign from heaven, there'd be an angel, there'd be something telling me what to do, and then I'll do something instead of being like, you know what, I'm just going to use what I've got, and I'm going to give it to God and watch what He does. We assume we have a red light instead of a green light, and we're so afraid of getting it wrong that we do nothing instead of being like, well, what if I get it right, and we just go for it. We should be more afraid of doing nothing than of doing the wrong thing. We're to be, the Bible says, we're to be doers of the Word and not just hearers only. That we don't just come to church and get some great things and be like, yep, this is really good and then go home and do nothing with them. We're to be doers of the Word. Take what you have. You're not waiting for anything. You don't need to be any older. You don't need to graduate high school. You don't need that degree for God to use you. He can use you right now. That thing that you have that you're like, it's not enough. He's like, it is. Watch what I can do with it. Give it to me. Watch what I can do with it. Give it to me and we're going to do great things together. God wants to use it. He wants to use you. So don't miss the simple. Don't miss the simple, the setup. It's it's obey. The thing that God's already told you to do, do it. Most of us if we would just do the things God's already told us to do, we'd be busy the rest of our lives. Yeah. We don't, we're not really looking for the next thing. God's like, oh, no, you just, just, just love your family, serve, give. You'll be busy. You'll be busy. If we just start right there, start right there. Because here's the deal. You have a part to play. You have a part to play. And when when we all do our part, we can do some huge things together. I got a text this week from a man in Afghanistan is kind of all I'll say. Um, I know that the news has shifted away from what's going on in Afghanistan, but it's, it's not good. They're still hunting Christians down and killing them. And we heard about it through some other churches, and, and, and uh, they're like, hey, they're, they're needing some finances to help get some stuff out. So we did something. We can't do everything, but we did something. And I got a text this week, a thank you. And they're like, we just delivered 13,000 pounds of food to some refugees that had made it out, people that we had gotten out, but they haven't got placement yet, and they're not able to do and, and, and to really get out yet. And they're like, thank you. They're like, thank you so much. I didn't even know they were doing that. But they're like, thank you for helping to make that happen. We joined with a bunch of churches in the area, and we're like, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll give that and help, and let's, how can we make this happen? We can't do everything, but we can all do something. And if we all do something, we can do great things. We can do great things together when we all do our part. If we do it, it's amazing what we can do. I like what it says in First Corinthians 12. It says, just as the body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body. Talking about the body of Christ. You might not, Maybe it's a little bit weird, maybe it's a little bit different, but the body of Christ is the church. That's what it's talking about. It's not talking about a building. We don't have one that makes it really easy. It's talking about you and me. It's the body of Christ when we come together. So this is what it's talking about. It says, For we're all baptized into one spirit. We form one body, whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, slave or free, none of that matters, he says. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is made up of one, not one part, but many. We are the body of Christ. 2 Corinthians 12, 27. All of you together are Christ's body each of you is a part. So turn, turn to the person next to you and say, you is a part. Some of you are like, I can't say it that way. It might not be good grammar, but it's good doctrine, okay? You is a part. Nope, I can't either. You are a part. You're a part, whether you want to be or not. God's like, no, I put you in here. You are a part. That thing that you don't value, watch what I can do with it. You don't think it's enough? It's not. But when we give it to God, it can be. He can use it in amazing ways. If we're just obedient, if we're just obedient, so number one is never underestimate what God can do with anything that we give Him. Number two is don't miss the setup. Just be obedient. And then in verse 5, Second, King, Second Kings chapter 4, verse 5. So she left him and shut the door behind her, her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. And when all the jars were full, she said to her sons, bring me another one. But they replied to her, there is not a jar left. And then the oil stopped. And this is what I, I titled this message, then it stopped, because I think this is the most interesting part of this whole account, is she's sitting there, and she's pouring, and that one's full, and then she pours some more, and then she pours some more, and she pours some more, and every time she does it, it just keeps pouring. And the Bible says it was flowing. So I, and, and again, I'm reading this a little bit, but I don't think it was just like a, a clean little, I don't drink well, apparently. So it wasn't like it was a clean little like, okay, it's empty and it comes back, and then empty and it comes back. That's not how I read it. He says it was flowing. Water that's flowing is, is a bit more like a hose. So I think she was like, another one, another one, another one, another one, I need another one, I need another one, no no another one, I need another one, need another one, this one's not very big, I need another one, another one, she's going back and forth and fill them all up. They're all felon. That's how I picture it in my mind. I don't know how you guys read the Bible, but that's how I do. So she's filling these all up, and she's like, okay, I need another one. I need another one. And then finally, finally, she's at this, and they're like, there's no more. And she's like, but I need a... Oh, it's done. It stopped because there was no more room. So here's the question I want to ask. What do you think would have happened? What would have happened If there was another jar, it would have kept going. It would have kept going. There just wasn't another jar. God wasn't done. God wasn't like, I can't do it again, catching his breath. It stopped because there was no place to put it. And we need, here's the third lesson, we need to make room in our life for God to use us. I think often we pray and we're like, God, do something, and he's like, I already did. I sent you. You're there. You're the answer. Do what you, and you're like, but I don't have enough to solve the problem. I can't do it, and God's like, but give me what you have and watch what I'll do with it. Yeah. Give me what you have and watch what I will do with it. He wants to use you and me. He wants to use us. And I look at this, and it's, it's, it's one of the things that I see when I see this, is one is I see my own spiritual life. And I'm like, my heart for more, and I, how I want more of God, But am I making room for God to give me more? Am I spending time, am I really seeking Him? Because the Bible says seek and find. Knock on the door will be opened. It's not like God's like, you better pull on this door because... Imagine that this is a doorknob. I don't know why, but this is a doorknob now, okay? You give me stuff on the stage, and I'm going to use it. You never know what it's going to be, and we're going to use our imaginations. It's going to be fun. But it's not like God's pulling on the doorknob and be like, pull harder because I won't open. I won't let you in. I won't do it. You're going to have to pull. Tug of war, tug of war. That's not what he's doing. He says, knock and the door will be opened. He's waiting. He's like, yep, I'm here. Just knock. Yep, I'll open the door. I think he's there and he's like, he's got his hand on the handle and it's kind of like shaking almost like you can hear it. You know the noise? I've got little kids. So I'm always like, oh, okay, you're on the door. I'm like, leave me alone. I'm in the bathroom. Just go away. Like just don't touch the door handle. Just go away. It's not a big deal. Your mom's out there somewhere. Find her. Just leave me alone. It's not like God's watching them. No, he's, he's right at the door handle. It's almost like he's, he's, he's got it. He's like, knock and I'll open it. He wants it. And our attitude often is, is a little bit of the reverse, where we're like, God, go do something. Oh God, move on these people's lives. Oh God, just just send your spirit, and we say these wonderful spiritual things. And God's like, I've sent you. I've sent you. You've got hands, you've got feet, you've got resources. Use them. Use them. God wants to use you. You are his hands, you are his feet. So one of the things that I see in this is, is I need to make room spiritually, Just, I need to, am I setting aside my time to really seek after God? And let me tell you what that's not for me. What that's not for me is just like sitting and doing absolutely nothing. I have my quiet time, yes, where I really don't do much, where I just sit there and I'm reading. And then I have the time where I'm just, I just sit and I pray and I just listen, I usually just turn on some worship music. Every now and then the kids jump on Spotify and change the song in the middle of my time and I'm like, "What's going on? I don't want to hear dance music right now." <laughs> but most of it it's it's what am I doing with the time, the other time that I have? Am I making the most of my my drives? Am I really giving God the opportunity to speak in? Am I asking? Am I just, am I just talking, and am I not listening? That's what it is for me. That's one of the things I see in this, is that I need to make room for God to be able to. I don't want to be the thing that's stopping God. That's me. The, the next one is this, that where we need to make room is there is always a reason that we can't. You ever, you ever realize that? there's always a reason to not do something. Like, always. I can blame Becca. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I got to talk to my wife. Can't do it. And they're like, oh, oh, okay. Yep. He talks to his wife. That's, That's great. I can be like, oh, I'm sorry. Kid's got something going on. I got projects. I got so many projects. My projects have projects. I've got projects I got to finish before I can do other projects. Projects, projects. I got projects, I got lots of projects. And I—that can... <laughs> was funny. There's always a reason to say no. I can blame the kids. I can, I, I can always make room to say yes to the things of God. That when God gives you that that nudge, say yes. Make room. Make room in your schedule. Make room in your finances. Make room in your day. That when God gives you that nudge, you're not the reason. You're not the reason that the flow stops. And the story, it's oil. Oil in the Old Testament and throughout the Bible. Often refers to the presence of God or the Holy Spirit, God flowing and moving. Don't be the reason that he stops flowing to someone. Instead, let's be a, the jar that God decides to use. There's, there's another one, God, use me, use me. And he wants to, and he will. The third thing I see when I, when I look at these jars, and I see that the oil stopped. Is you know, before we even started, man, we prayed. And we've been praying for each and every one of you. We started a church in Allendale. Not because there wasn't enough churches. <laughs> Chances are you passed a few on your way here. But God laid it on our heart. He's like, look. People need to be equipped and empowered to do what I've called them to do. And they need a church that's going to preach the word. That's not going to look at kids like they're second anything. There's no junior Holy Spirit. This is for you and your family. It's going to preach the word, tell people how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, show them how to do it and how it's done. And man, have we been praying prayed for each and every one of you. One of the things I see is this, is we need to make room. And we want to grow, not for numbers' sake, but, but for people's sake. And we count people because people count. And every one of you seat that's not filled, every opportunity that we have, every person that isn't here yet, we're praying for them. And we want to grow because there are still more people who need to be set free, who need to meet Jesus and know that they're not just waiting to die, but that God's given them gifts and talents and they can make a difference in their world today, that they're not waiting for anything else. But in order to make some room, we need to add some jars in order to make some room and to be ready so that we're not the reason that God's spirit stops flowing. We need to make some room. We need to add some jars. We need to be ready. So if you're here and you call Life West home, one of the things I'm gonna ask you to do is this, join our dream team. And here's what that is. That's where you take your ordinary gifts and talents, the things that you know how to do, and you give them to God and you might look and you think, it's not a very big deal. This isn't going to accomplish much. But you just obey. And you give it to God and you watch what he does with it. And you're open and you make yourself available. And you come in a little early, maybe because you're setting up. Maybe you're behind the scenes. Maybe you're plugging some things in. Maybe you're out greeting, just saying hello. And you're like, well, what difference is this really making? And the answer is, I don't know exactly. Exactly. I don't know if the person that you say, hey, glad to see you. I don't know if that's the first time they've heard that all week. I don't know the difference it's gonna make, but here's what I do know when we give it to God, we can never underestimate. We can never overestimate what God can do with the simple things that we give him. If you call Life West home and you're not yet on that dream team, jump in. We wanna make some more room. Don't be a jar that just leaves here without being a part jump in and say, I'm going to be a part, I'm going to make a difference. We're going to make church great for the people that are coming who aren't here yet. We're praying for them. Every day we're praying for them. But if you have gifts and talents, and I know you do, if you're not yet on that dream team, jump on with us. Come be a part of making this body great for those who aren't here yet. They're coming and we want to be ready. Here's what I know. You have gifts. You have talents that God's given you. Don't ever underestimate. Don't make the mistake this widow did of thinking, I, I don't have anything that God can use. He can use you. The second thing is don't miss the setup, which is just being obedient. It's not glamorous. It's just I'll show up. I'll do it. Just show up and be like, okay, Yep. I'm in. I'm doing it. And then number three, make room. Help us make room. And here's number four. Don't think that this just applies to here at church. It applies to every single day. Every waking moment you have, God wants to use you. I specifically said, yeah, we we joined the dream team. I gave you some, some action points. Come be a part. Let's make this great for everybody else. Yes, but don't think that this just applies to Sundays. This just applies to us here. This is day in, day out, week in, week out. God wants to use you. What you have is enough when you give it to God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. It is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And God, we do, we want to live for you with all that we have. Those are not just words that we say, but God, it's the desire of our heart and we choose to make room for you in our schedules, in our time. God, to put you first. In Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed if you would. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'd love the honor of praying with you. You can leave your knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God. So, if you're here and you say, You know, what? I want to know where I stand with Him. Or maybe you're here and you say, You know, there's a time I was living for God, but I've turned my back on Him. Today, you can know that you're coming back. You can, we can declare that you're His again and come back. If you're either of those, I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat. And when we say Amen, you can know that your sins are forgiven and you're on your way to heaven. And begin to walk out the plan and purpose that God has for you. If that's you, at the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to shoot your hand all the way up and we'll pray together right where you are. When we say amen, you can know that you're on your way to heaven and begin to walk out the plan and purpose that God has for you. One, two, three. All the way up right now. Shoot it up. Awesome. Awesome. Say, today is my day. All right, hands down. Let's all pray this out loud with those that lifted their hands. And those that lifted your hands, as you say these words, you make them your own. Let's pray this together. All together, let's say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for shedding your blood so I could be free. From now on, I'm yours. Forgive me and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen.